Hello everyone, welcome back to another Fireside Chat. This is our Fireside Chat 23. And uh, if you are new to the channel, uh, it's important for you to understand that these, those are very informal chats. Normally, like Mesh and I, Jose, uh, we like to have a chat about different things and we decided to start recording those things. And so there is not a lot of a big script. We just agree on the topic, like just a few uh, minutes before we actually press the rec button. And, uh, and you also, if you're new to the channel, uh, please subscribe. Uh, if you like those chats or if you're new to the channel, subscribe to the, to the channel so that you are notified when we have new videos. So for this fireside chat, we, we decided to talk about a topic that comes up all the time in all our projects uh, and it's about estimation, right? So should we estimate, should we not estimate? And uh, I would love to know from you guys, like, what, what is your view on estimation? Should we estimate? Should we not? What, what do we do? Is it an unnecessary evil or what are your thoughts about estimation in general? Jose. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, okay. So I'll, I'll, break, uh, I'll break the ice. Um, I think it, it comes up often because estimations uh, tend to be the way that people answer certain specific questions about a project. For instance, when am I going to have this, right? Or how much of it I'm going to have by this date? Or how much is it going to cost me? <laughs> no. And all of those are very valid questions, especially if you're paying for something, right? Uh, so you want the people who are going to be building the thing to kind of give you some sense of of an answer that. no it's like if you go to uh, you know you, you hire someone to do work in your house you want to know you know this renovation how how long is it going to take it's an it's a normal thing to to ask right it may take longer it may take less time usually it takes <laughs> longer it doesn't take less time uh but it is it is there right it is a, a fundamental problem no, of, of writing software or, or delivering software. And I feel that is why it comes up so often. And the, I feel like the reason why people don't like it so much uh, to the point of things like, you know, no estimates and, and so on, is that it's usually done um, very ineffectively. Uh, and inefficient as well right like it's, it's you're doing something that in the end won't give you the results or the, the, the what you're looking for but you're spending a lot of time on it therefore it's kind of waste right and if if it's waste then why are we doing it no so it it, it brings to question that so that's that's the general there, uh, there is another element to it actually is that estimates can be used to put pressure on development teams and it isn't it isn't the the right way of you know uh, well it you shouldn't the development teams or people who are building the, the software they there is you, they shouldn't feel pressure in that kind of way of course there's internal motivators to get the thing out and get the thing in with good quality and all those kind of things but Estimate is a stick as well, or it can be a stick to beat development teams with. 
So, but before like we go into the more of the, let's say issues, uh, it was not clear to me from both of your answers, uh, like, do you think that estimate is an important thing in a project? Yes or no, for example, do, do you, do you say like, for example, you are managing all of us, we manage teams, we manage lots of projects and, and should we have estimates or not in the projects? So, so just to, to mm -hmm. clarify a bit more, qualify a bit more of the question, I feel answering those questions is a very important thing in a project. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So answering those questions of when is this, is this going to be finished so that I can make decisions based on, on that kind of uh, supposition uh, is, is very important. Answering the question of how much is this going to cost or what can I get for this uh, amount of money is a very important question to answer so yes answering those questions is now how you go about answering those mm -hmm. how faithful you are to that like what kind of effort you put into it and so on and so forth that's a very different I'm, story i'm gonna i'm gonna play devil's advocate but by the way my my answer is also that you know you sh estimates is not intrinsically a bad thing to do or the the exercise of estimating is not int intrinsically a bad thing to do but i'm gonna play devil's advocate here Answering the question once something is going to finish, um, software projects are notoriously difficult to estimate. So if we, if the, the stage that we're at means that we're going to give you a wrong answer, is it important to have the wrong answer in this case? Because I'm not going to be able to tell you when it's finished because I don't know. But you're always acting on imperfect information and whatever, you know, you'd still need to make decisions on that. So maybe your uh, estimation is not as, you know, far away from what it is. And then it turns out that I can make a good decision based on that imperfect information. Maybe it is way, way off. And then yeah. it, it, it may turn out that I'm making a, a, a bad decision, but I'm not going to know either way until we get there. But right? they, so I'm playing devil's advocate still, right? Mm -hmm. Imperfect. Actually, when you don't know, and when it's very difficult to to know, I would argue that saying I don't know is better information than saying it's gonna take this long. Uh, yes, yes, and no, because if you we it this, this really depends, it depends. on no, no, exactly <laughs> it depends on what kind of right. business you're in and so on, right? Like let's say you're working on a, on a product company, you still want budgets and you still want to understand what the return on investment on the things that you're doing is right but for a company like ours you know you have clients and you need to budget and you need to and not always you can just say i don't know let's start and let's see where this leads us right it doesn't work like that all the time but what you, you can't, can't say make it yeah. Sorry, if you're going to budget, you can say, well, tell me what the budget is going to be. We're going to work really hard. You can plan, you can allocate budget and we're going to work for the next year and we're going to start doing stuff again. I'm playing devil's advocate. We, Just we make it start, very clear. Let's make yeah, it very clear. Yeah, we can try to start doing stuff. Uh, we'll, you know, prioritize the most important thing. We'll start doing it. You have your answer. It's going to be a team of six we, this is our salary. We're going to be doing this for at least a year. 
Okay. Budget that, and then let's get started. I applied that to uh, reform in, at your place, right? I'm the builder, right? It's like, okay, so what's your budget? <laughs> what's it, what's your budget? Is it three thousand, ten thousand, a hundred thousand? Okay, so I, that budget. I have a, with that I have budget, a, I can have you know ten people here. I have a problem working with this at your house. I have a problem with this metaphor. Like often, <laughs> okay. this comes through, uh, right? Uh, the problem I have is that software development is usually a continuous activity and it's a complex activity. Versus if I want my bathroom done, it's a finite activity. It will be done. Software normally never gets finished. You're constantly working on it because it is driving your, your, um, your business and your business evolves and the software start, keeps evolving and your priorities keep changing and all those kind of things. I don't turn around to my 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 bathroom guy and say, you know what, you budgeted this, but I want now that wall removed going over there and I want this over there. I want this much bigger bathroom and I want another building to come up by the side of it. And I want, you, you know, it needs to be a steam bath and all. You know, I don't <laughs> keep changing my requirements like that. It is a very well-defined and not an evolutionary process. and and quite it it works on the basis of it's a very repeat these things are very repeatable software development is not a repeatable activity it's always unique yeah the the i have a i'm somewhere in the middle i know that you are playing devil's advocate mesh and i appreciate that the there are i have quite a few perspectives on this i had the, per the perspective of the developer that was the one that i had for most of my career right and and this is going back to what you're saying Mash. i was uh, was being asked to provide estimates on on a lot of uncertainty on things that i had no clue how long it would take and mainly when you are at the beginning of a project so it's very difficult for you to to be very precise in what you you need to do because you don't know right uh, or you are adopting new technologies and so on and so forth there's a lot of uncertainty we can talk about uncertainties in a bit so that is that perspective of the, the person providing the estimate when given the amount of uncertainty. So from that perspective, I, I have a problem with estimates. Of course I do. Uh, but then there is the, the, the other perspective that I, it took me much longer to, 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 to understand is who is the estimate is for? And most importantly, not only who is for, what, why do they need that information? And this is for me is the key thing. And that goes back to, to Jose's point, because like before I give them just random numbers uh, and maybe create, uh, do more harm than good. It would be good to understand why do they want that information? Right. And, and a totally valid information is they say, well, look, we, we don't have unlimited budget in here. We, there is a core, although it will be a continuous, probably that software will continue to evolve. But there is a very specific case uh, set of features or set of behaviors that they want to get out. And they might even need to validate uh, if they, they should even entertain that idea. For example, it's not only when it's going to be finished, like can we even afford just to even get started? So they need a ballpark as in any other project that, uh, if we were paying for, uh, we would need like, can I afford this? 
right? And 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 so that information is is, is important for people to plan their their financial year, to plan the amount of budget, to to plan the time and, and number of people involved. Because the estimate is not only about the money and time, but it's also the amount of people involved in that project. Because you can you can the the the, the time and money will be variables but the number of people involved will also contribute to those variables right so to the value of those variables so so all of that is all about planning and then uh, once we understand what they need to plan we can calibrate the estimate accordingly uh, and then there is the the the, the perspective of, of me as an individual as well as a paying for everything i pay i know that you don't buy the the, the very much the 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 example match because we the normally talk about yeah yeah the metaphor because we normally are talking about some things that are far more well defined but like even for projects it's like well we want to do all of that but as soon as you start doing something in your house there's always oh as you are doing that can you also do that and that and that but again i don't ask for a very specific because this is our thing like given the kind of question you have in mind you have a different answer. You calibrate the estimate. I don't go to the builders. I, I've done a lot of change in my house uh, over time. And, and I don't go down to the, the detail. But I can say, can you give me a ballpark of time and money? Because then I, I can see, first of all, can I afford even to start this project? And I understand in my head that the amount of disruption that I'm going to have for, for a period of time. So for me, understanding that uh, makes sense. And then all the estimates can be calibrated to answer those questions. Yeah, time time is actually a very important thing because in some cases the deadline is real. Mm -hmm. And estimates would allow you to, to understand the amount of effort that you need to put in something in a finite time. So, you know, like one of the things we worked at Sandra was like, you know, some legislation had to come in on a, we had a year and, you know, you had to go live with certain, certain, uh, a, a complying to certain legislation because that legislation came online that particular date, right? So you know that there is a minimum that needs to be done for the business to not then end up in court. Right. So so that and then based on that, you can then see, well, what amount of effort and how do I Im improve my chances of hitting that deadline with the minimum that is needed? Right. So that I think that's an important part where where estimates do play a very big role. Um, the yes. And, and it is it, it, the, the other part is that sometimes when we the reason I was kind of just arguing about this kind of playing devil's advocate is that sometimes when we talk about estimate and I chose my, my words very carefully said, I like estimation and there are two reasons behind it. One is that actually if we are continuously estimating and we know that, you know, the fidelity of our, our estimates are much more vague or uh, ill-defined in the beginning, and as we continue and progress and so on, uh, it, they get better and better defined. And that, again, allows people to plan better because we can provide more accurate answers, right? That's one thing. The other thing about estimates is, and the reason I like estimation, is that 
it allows you to look at things holistically and at the detail level at the same time. And that analysis that the team goes through together is invaluable because the amount of insights that it delivers, because what you are doing is you're looking at the big picture and you're zooming in and you're going back up and you're zooming in. And you don't do that in an, in an incremental thing. You don't do that. I mean, you can force yourself to do that, but then you're kind of, you know, you have to be very disciplined about it. Normally you wouldn't if you're just doing the next thing, the next thing, the next thing. But if you have kind of have this cadence of like, okay, I'm going to look at the whole thing. Can I, you know, how, and then I'm going to calibrate it the previous time I looked at the whole thing. You go into these details, you do this exercise. And this actually uh, uh, aids problem or comprehension, the things that you are trying and the solution design and is comprehension. And I think this is, invaluable and this is the kind of stuff that people don't talk about when they talk about estimates is that the the actual exercise in itself is is but allowing encouraging you to do much deeper problem analysis and solution design and that's a that's a good thing we, you know you're trying to come up with uncertainties risks assumptions all these things early so that you you can do something about those moving forward rather than kind of hit a brick wall blindly because you didn't think much about it. Yeah, it's it's a bit like that phrase. Uh, uh, what is it? Uh, plans are useless. Planning is essential. No, or, or mm -hmm. something along those lines. No, like the estimate itself or the, you know, if you come up with a number, uh, that's not that great on its own. Uh, it's all the, the process that you went through in order to to get there. And you also mentioned something around being uh, accurate you know, as you're as you're moving forward, you're uh, being more accurate. Um, and one thing that usually comes up is uh, accuracy and precision, like because giving a number like we're going to be done, you know, by this date, that's very, very precise, but it may not be it may not be right, right? So the, therefore, it's not it's not accurate. So a lot of people think of estimations as in points, uh, point estimation, and not so much in ranges. And and this is where we are moving, right? Like we're we're, we're talking a bit about um, uncertainty and managing that uncertainty. We know that we're going to be moving along some line, yeah, based on our guess. Were, uh, the, our best guess and our worst guess and our average guess. No, if you if you're the corn of uncertainty, exactly the, the kind of uncertainty, right? <laughs> so, <clears throat> but we usually tend to talk. Well, when is it going to be done? And you give it a date. No? And the problem is that if you if you are not precise enough, no, so so the trick here is how do you get precise enough and accurate so that people can make decisions based on that. So that people can plan, oh, I'm going to have this disruption for this amount of time, or I'm going to have to invest this time or, you know, put this effort into for this, you know, period of time. <clears throat> and that's, that's tricky, right? Like that, achieving that balance. If you go too imprecise, like when is it going to be between 1st of January this year and, you know, 31st of January <laughs> next year, I can't really do much with that. 
No, like from, from a planning perspective, from organizing and sequencing and all these things or, or even managing uncertainty, like that's not very helpful. Um, and that varies from project to project and it varies on, you know, based on the uncertainty that you have in the in the project itself. Yeah, and this is why I was saying that it's, it's important to understand what we need the estimates for, right? So, because like, I always feel that there is a lot of diminishing returns in terms of getting too fine-grained on the estimates because normally the person that is asking for the estimate, again, we just need to understand who is asking, what do they need that information for, right? So if they are asking for a planning purpose, and planning also has different levels of planning, right? So for example, can we even afford to get started? Right, so they might already have a budget in mind, they might have already an idea in mind, and they say, Look, let's see how long roughly this is gonna take. And then the range is normally the right thing to do. And, and, and for and then you need to calibrate the unit that you use in your estimate. So, for example, I normally don't like anything below weeks. I, I normally find that for planning perspective, from our organizational planning is already law of diminishing returns, right? So getting to the number of days or hours that is, but for example, normally at the organizational planning, month would be enough, maybe two weeks, or like if you prefer sprints, right? So blocks of two weeks or blocks of months, then you can have a range on a month. It's just calibrating the, the, the range, the unit, sorry. Of course, the if the range is too big as you said jose it might take like from one year to two years that's significantly quite a big range right so then we need to see like is this enough for them to plan are they planning like the the next five years if they're planning the next five years that might be enough if they're planning what they're gonna do in the next 12 months that is certainly not good enough so then understanding at which level they are planning, then you can calibrate the units. And of course, that the, the smaller the unit, the more you need to deal with uncertainty. And then there are many different ways for you to deal with uncertainty as well. Uh, this is one, sorry, this is just one kind of estimate. That is the estimate about planning. But there is a different type that Mesh mentioned when you are working against dates. And Mesh gave the example of the regulatory uh, dates that we have. If I'm not wrong, Mesh, you even spent like uh, your new New Year's Eve in the office, right? Yeah. So Mesh celebrated everyone celebrating uh, the new year, and Mesh was working that night, right? So, but but for example, some companies have seen not only the regulatory ones, but there uh, are. Well, one thing is, <clears throat> uh, we should specify that this this this. Did not happen when you were actually. Oh, it, was before <laughs> it was before Cogenius, just to be very clear. Because <laughs> you were going to flip out. No, no, it was before Cogenius. Yeah, well, at Cogenius it could happen, but I'd be very unhappy. <laughs> but it, <laughs> we're always working, so it does happen. <laughs> it's just different yeah. kind of work, I think. Yeah. But then there, there are, for example, a different type of estimates for. Uh, seasonal business, right? For example, that is Christmas or Easter or whatever else, or Black Friday. And, and then we are six months away from it. 
And then the business says, hey, we have a lot of those features that would be great to get out for Christmas. And if we miss Christmas, then we need to wait for 12 months, right? So, so then you can work backwards. Okay, from that date, from now to that date, what is possible to achieve? And most of the time, the, day, the, the time is a bigger factor in the estimate than the actual money itself. Money is always a consequence, right? Money they play with normally, right? But the time is quite often a, a more important factor. But those are the different types, like are you just planning or you are working backwards from a date? You know, you, you, uh, you're touching on another point, uh, which is cost of delay which is one mm -hmm. of the things that are very important when making this type of decision. And you, you uh, took the example of Christmas, right? Mm -hmm. So if Christmas, I don't know, uh, is on the 25th or whatever, right? Normally you can find that people will buy sort of like in a distribution around that date, right? Like it, it basically, you, you may have a lot of people buying stuff, you know, on that day, no, but after that it will, it will again go down and so on. Yeah. So the later you start something, for instance, or the later you, let's say, have that release of the new uh, Christmas deals or whatever, that uh, amount of people that are affected or uh, potential revenue that you can create from that is is less the closer yeah. you get to that day. So all of those things you need to take into consideration when when thinking whether you want to, you know, start now or or wait or you know and 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 get an an idea of, of when things are going to be done. And for me, it all goes back to, you know, the iron triangle of, of product management, right? The, uh, the uh, quality in the center, right? And then you have the functionality, no, the, the, the money and the time, time. right? Scope, and you need and to, money, yeah. and yeah, and you need to scope, like, scope, time and money, you know? So you need to play with those, right? And what happens a lot of the times when people, and this goes back to you know closed budget projects versus you no know, like all of these things that we're talking about. Uh, when people usually approach this, is they want you know certain features by certain date on this price. You you kind of fix everything in, yeah? and then the only way that people can manage to get there, if they get there, is to drop quality right the the, the fourth variable in there. Now. If you want to work with those constraints, you can, but then you need to leave at least one of them uh, free. Quality yeah. is not negotiable for, for us. Well, quality, three, right? because, because quality at some point will impact time and money and everything exactly. else. And so exactly. you kind of just, you, you yeah, you kind of borrowing exactly. from one of those things, not moving it, but borrowing from it. Exactly, exactly. So, yeah. so then you can either say, okay, I want all of these features by this date and then money is, you know, something that you can play with. So maybe you have a bigger team uh, to work on this and so on. Or you can say, this is the team that I have and I need to release by this date. And then you want to answer the question of, you know, what are the features that I, that I'm going to have, no, that, that I'm going to have by that date. Or uh, you have this team and this amount of features, when is it going to be done? Right. And you can, but you always need to, you know, fix two and then try to figure out what the other one is. The problem is when you try to fix everything yeah. in place. No, you cannot fix the three. So, for example, one thing that people say a lot and say, oh, uh, if you need to provide estimates, then you are not agile. So, is estimate against agile? 
or, or you can have estimate, but also, but it's still working in agile fashion. What, what is the? Is there a conflict between the two, in your opinion? No, it's like it's the. I think the way I see it is that it's the same argument people have about you know upfront design is mm. not agile, right? It's it's a, and and you know the the in both cases is actually you talk about extreme you can be agile or not agile with or without estimates i don't think they, they, they and the same thing is about about <laughs> design right and of course you can go to the real extremes in just like with design you can go with the two real extremes with estimates as well you can either not do them at all and then of course if you, but not actually replace it with any other discipline right and that's that's an extreme or you can just do too much of it to the point where you're uh, introducing a lot of wasted effort, but also you're causing dysfunction. You can, with estimates, create a lot of dysfunction within within the teams because if the estimates are being used to uh, put pressure on the teams in a in a way to kind of beat beat teams up, to create even division within teams. Because you know the favorite person is saying, "Oh, it'll take less time," and the you know the not favorite is saying, "No, no, like it's not." You know, so there's a politics, and all sorts of dysfunction can can germinate because you're not doing it well. Or you, so I, I personally don't. To answer your question, is I don't think doing estimate it doesn't mean that you're not gonna be agile, right? Or if your hashtag no estimates does not mean that you are agile. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> we we can get to. That. Yeah. Uh, so no, it, yeah. no, I was just like uh, as you were speaking, I was thinking about it. I would go um, further to say that actually, in order for you to be agile, you need estimates. Oh and wow! I'll tell you, yeah, <laughs> I'll tell you. I'll tell you why. So think about leave it in the comments, eh? like leave the. <laughs> <laughs> so, so oh, of course you don't need, but but I think you be, you'll be more agile if you have estimates. And I'll, uh, let me try to explain my. We should I'm make that from. the title of our this side <laughs> chat. By the way, we'll get estimations you. make you agile. Right? Yeah, that's yeah. when you really distort completely what was said, right? So. The what I was thinking, like this is the perspective that I'm taking here. Yeah. So imagine that being agile for me, like I always say, like is all about short feedback loops. So you shorten your feedback loop and then you inspect and adapt. That's for me is what agile means. Yeah. So shorten all my feedback loop, given the new information, I adjust what needs to be done. That's how I understand agile. So let's say that we made a, 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 a decision, for example, we had to know uh, if, it, if this project is a go or not, given the, what we can allocate for this project, or we are working against a date, right? Either one would work. So one, <laughs> we will hit the date. The other one, we will, uh, will not have more money to continue. Yeah. So both of them, we would need you to end. So you have an initial estimate to know what is possible to be done with that amount of money or by that date, yeah? As we start, we need to keep re-estimating that. So uh, what, I'm, what I'm not saying is that the, the original estimate that was done at the very beginning, at the point that you know the least, 
should remain throughout. But as we, 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 we did our initial estimates so that we decide if it's a go or not, and then as we iterate, we should have checkpoints as we were doing some of our projects now that, for example, we would plan for six months. And then six to seven months, it varies. Like I can talk about more about our phases and how we do certain projects, but like, so we have an initial plan for the phase. Yes, that would be a few months time, between six or nine months. But as we start, we are taking stock every month. Okay, now that we went for two sprints, like two week sprints, we will re-estimate the entire thing. Because at that point, once we do that, that first re-estimation, we know a little bit more than we knew one month ago. And then we can now re-change course. So if, if we feel that after a month, we might not hit the date, okay, what is possible to do by that date? So if that original plan is not going to work, what can we do instead? What if the money is going to run out by a certain point? Okay, what can we how can we trim the fat you know so so then we walk a little bit more and we re-estimate everything again what i'm trying to say is that estimates become a, a, a reliable source of information so that you can adjust the course this is where i was coming from so i i think that you know this is basically very much aligned with the point i made that estimation in itself is a quite a valuable activity uh because it you know, allows you to look at the holistic and, and the detail and do problem analysis. And of course, that knowledge would also help you uh, with prioritization as well. I wouldn't go as far as saying that that is the only thing you can do. You can do problem analysis differently. You can also, to, in order to achieve that similar kind of thing, you don't have to estimate the whole thing. You can actually look at, you know, the next few things and what which one to choose you know for the next month you don't need to because if you're trying to i totally understand how you're you basically you know if let's say your debt the your budget runs out in two months time then yes of course you need to understand what is achievable and even look at other things that you may bring in in um, uh, instead of what's already there but also that is uh further um kind of colored by your business priorities and all that kind of stuff as well. So you can do smaller estimates. You don't have to do the big estimate, right? So yeah, I think whether that kind of helps you with being agile, I think problem analysis does, but not, not like full-blown estimates. You know, you in you can still be do achieve what you're achieving with kind of estimates that take you to that horizon uh, and looking at business priorities. It might be that you don't actually have a choice and these are the priorities from a business. Just, just to be clear, Mesh, like in terms of like when I say uh, uh, we reestimate everything, the unit is important in this conversation because when you say a full blown analysis uh, estimate, I'm not talking about uh, working in hours. The units that we choose are number of sprints. So, for example, the units that we were doing some of the projects, we were creating phases that would be from nine, the, 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 the size of the phase. Would vary. We had two different criteria to define a phase. We could define by the amount of scope. So, what would be like some cohesive scope that would make a full phase? But there is an element of time as well. We we didn't want uh, the cohesive scope of uh, the, the cohesive set of scope to be like two years long. 
So normally we, the guideline would be like, what if our phases would always be around six months? Sometimes it's seven, sometimes it's five. It varies around that. Line. So then we, but the estimate at that level becomes number of sprints that are two weeks. So when we, for example, after a month, what is left to be done is five months, let's say, which is 10 sprints. So the estimates are calibrated at an epic level and the units are sprints. So given the, the number of epics and the size of them and complex and stuff, this is roughly how many sprints we have left. And that would fit or not fit the next five months, let's say. So it is a very, very high level. So it doesn't take like in an hour and a half, we can reestimate everything because the level that we are doing that. That's what I wanted to clarify. All right. So th th this is the thing. Like there are many ways in which you could sort of answer those questions. Like the traditional waterfall approach, where you go and do a task breakdown, and then you know dependencies, and then you build your, uh, you you know your your Gantt um, diagram, and you know you have your critical path and all that stuff, right? Um, usually goes to the level of detail of you know, hours. How many hours are you going to spend doing this thing? And can you paralyze or not? And and so on. Now, we're really bad at, at this kind of stuff because there are a few things that, we, that you know, time is a is kind of like an abstract concept. So saying something's gonna take one hour or three or no, if it's not something that we've done many times, so therefore we have empirical experience to kind of you know you know past experience, you know derived uh, uh, future experience, then it's gonna be really hard to be uh, accurate uh, on that point. And we tend to go over. Uh, a lot of the time. Therefore, people tend to add buffers. But then once you add buffers, then people uh, at the same time have, to have this um, cognitive kind of bias thing where, you know, the, the student syndrome, right? Like if, if I have two days to do this, then I'm going to spend one day doing X, Y, and then the other day I'm going to start it. And then at the third day, it's it's kind of late because it turns out that I really needed the three days from the beginning. No, so now I'm like at the end. Now I need to continue adding, and then you start all of these things where you're trying to manage, you know, time from one uh, task and putting it into another one, and and so on, and trying to juggle things around to to make things fit on with your estimation or with your uh, or with your plan. That's not a great way uh, of of doing that. When you're going for a project, let's say six months, whatever, like there's a few things that you can do. And, and usually it uh, it's something around the lines of estimate size, derive the duration, right? And estimate the size of the whole thing, do a test, and out of that test, whichever method you're using for it, then you derive the duration of the whole thing. Right. So let's say the typical example is, you know, how long is it going to take you to read all of the foundation books or all of the Harry Potter books? There's seven books. Every book is roughly, you know, 300 pages. That gives you a total of that's the, the whole thing. And you can do that in many different ways. You know? And then you go and say, OK, maybe I can read 
about 60 pages in X amount of time. And then you go and say, okay, so how much would that be? And then you have the total time that it will take you to do this thing. And then of course you can, you can, you can put buffers. You can, I'm not going to read continuously. I'm going to stop. And then you add, you know, the, the, uh, in between times, et cetera, et cetera. But it usually is, you know, you take the size of the whole thing. And then somehow you estimate how long it will take a little bit of that. And then you try to uh, derive from that the, the time that, it take, that the whole thing will take. Yeah. Now, there are many ways in which you can try to do that experiment. One is, you know, we've done this in the past. It was roughly this, this price, this size. You know, you can do that based on past experience. Another example is, you know, we do one, two sprints. And then based on that, we understand what kind of speed we have, no, what, uh, what ratio we are able to actually do the work, and then based on that, you know, we try to uh, derive the duration. Another example is you get a, a group of people in the room, ask them to simulate how they will build this thing, as in, um, I'm guessing that you have like a backlog or you know, series of stories. No, like we will build this first, and then this, and and th this won't fit anymore you know it's already two sprints okay so then next and and so on another way would be uh, using something called monte, monte carlo simulation so basically you you do a distribution of what are the most probable outcomes and then based on that you can you can figure out what that could look like you know based on on uh sampling no there are plenty of ways that you can do it and the, the whole idea of that, that will give you usually a range and you work within that range and you can then start uh, managing the risk. If you're going below what you thought it would be, if you're going above and, and see what it is that you want to do, you can reprioritize things in the backlog and so on and so forth. But the, the basic idea is that one, right? It's like, what is the, if you cannot tell the size of the thing, it's very hard to, to actually give an estimate in, in, in time. Yeah. But that, we, that we, is the, sorry, go on. No, no, go on. No, I was gonna say that that is the most, uh, well, actually, once you know the size of the thing is very important, it, it, it's, it's easier to work out the, uh, extrapolate to the plan, uh, to the time. That's not the difficult part. I think the size is the difficult part, right? And the size, you can work out the size in many different ways. As you said, you know, the, unfortunately, you know the Harry Potter book. Not every story is the same size. You know, it's not it's not the same font and not the same size written and all that, all the rest. You know, and and you you'll have it's this amazing fluctuation that happens when we're creating features. But not only about that. It's also about the 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 kind of the state of the team at that particular time. People leave. People fall ill. People have problems with each other. And all the above, right? And so, so the, all these things things matter, and they 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 play a part in, into this. So, yeah, estimation is is a is not an exact science. And I think if you're talking about points or you're talking about ranges, you know, a, a estimation with points with buffers is a range, right? But I think it's important that everybody is well ed educated with uh, what estimates are. They are a guess, right? And a guess has has a probability of of coming close to reality 
or being very far away from reality. And it is not the fault of the, the people guessing. Then you start going into this domain of educated guesses. Yeah. But educated guesses basing something in the future on, on previous experience. May, your probability may increase on getting the thing right. But there is always a probability that you won't get it right. Right. And I think this is these things are important to understand. And like, especially people who are consuming estimates, the team itself, but also all the other stakeholders. And they need to create the right relationship with estimates. Right. I think this is, yeah, the, but, this is the important it, point. The, the, there is, but there is one thing that uh, I think that people should, Teams can do far more to remove uncertainty because this is all about uncertainty. If you don't know the size of something, then we have to guess. So the less information, the less we know about something, the more uh, wild our guess will be. Yeah, but, so, but this is, there's one point here, uh, Sandra, which is what teams usually get asked to give is time and not this, the amount of work. And this is, uh, by the way, a, a, a fundamental thing in this approach of the size. We are really bad at saying it in time, but we can compare things a lot better. Like we know if this thing is bigger than this other thing, roughly, that we can tell, or if it's smaller. And this is what but that method kind of... No, it, it's never enough. It's not going to be exact and and, and accurate to, to that no. level, right? Yeah. But it's easier to tell how much work something roughly is, how much I have to do, than it is to tell how long it will take me. Because another problem with this is that, you, as Mash was saying, people come and go from the project. If, you know, something, if I do it and I know a lot about this particular thing, I may do it faster, you know, even twice or three times as, as uh, faster than than maybe you, right? So it then becomes a matter of who is doing what instead of uh, a general idea of, of what overall it should go independently of, of who is doing it. And all of these things are, are important there. This is why, you know, when you're talking about points or you're talking about uh, estimating stories and so on, what you're talking about is really how much work do you need to do in order to complete? Is this bigger than this other thing? And not exactly if it's three hours or whatever. Like then once you have the total size of the thing, then you can go and say, okay, in, in total, how much do we feel it's going to take? And but, that's a bit, an important distinction. Yeah? But, but, but this, this is what I was trying to say before. There are different stages that you do estimates, right? When you are starting something from scratch, you know, you don't have a lot of things to compare to. So you are really a bit blind. And then you do this very simplistic ways of doing things to say like, this, this seems to be three times bigger than the other one, or so you can use size or complexity or whatever. So, so then you do those kind of things. And then you, you just like try to uh, calculate the numbers and say like, given like, the, the the relative size of those things because mm -hmm. we don't know much about it we can take the the one that seems to be smaller one that seems to be big someone someone in the middle and then given those three points i can kind of extrapolate the rest but this is this is the kind of thing that you do in a very early on in the project just to give an, a, a rough idea oh we are talking about weeks months years like so so but then 
this is where you start from, but this is not where you stop. This is what I was trying to say. So this is okay at that level when we are starting from scratch. As you moved one month in, let's say, I now know a little bit more, not for everything, but one thing that we, we will start doing is even this first month, we would not just dive into our first sprint either. So what we would do, even to get this initial, to, to remove some of this initial guesswork, we say like, can we start with an inception for a project? And in this inception, there is an element. We start with this big analysis, but in, instead of just throw a number straight away, of course, sometimes you need to because like if someone is buying the project or not, you need to throw a number and give them an estimate. If you can go past that and say like, okay, it looks like this amount of time and with this amount of people would cost X. If the range is okay, is acceptable, that range, we don't stop there. Normally what we would push for is an inception phase. Before our first iteration, okay, this is what we gave you to, for us to get started. Our inception phase, we normally start, what are the key of uncertainties in there? And we would take, in a project that let's say would last a, a, a year as our original guess, spending two, even to four weeks at the beginning to go a little bit deeper and refine those things is not a bad investment. So we start with this inception. This inception, what we will do, we will take all the key points of uncertainty that we had, and we're gonna have a lot of time boxed exercise where we call them spikes, spikes or whatever, yeah. right? So, so we call them spikes and say, hey, those are the uncertainties. Okay, what don't we know? Or what are the things that we should know about that? And then we allocate a time box and say, we are gonna work. So during our inception phase, uh, we are gonna work on the areas of uncertainty and the outcome of the inception phase is a refined estimation and plan. Because at least at that time, now you have time to play with those things too, if you need to integrate with another system. In that original estimation session, we probably don't have enough to, to time to play with, to read the APIs and everything. But if you had a couple of days for a pair or for a person just to, okay, I'm gonna just focus for two days, one week, whatever, and see how that integration can be done. Out of those exercises during the inception phase, we can have a, a more refined idea of, well, we can remove some of the uncertainty that we had and be a little bit more precise. Would it solve all our problems? No, but we would have a better uh, range than we had before. And then what we were trying to do is now, because we know now roughly the scope, right? Uh, of course, there will be very, the scope will vary. But then as we go in after, let's say, two sprints or a month, we can say, okay, let's do another high level again, because there is another thing that quite often I see that is, that is bad in, in, in the relative size that we did at the beginning. We compare complexity. Oh, this thing here seems to be three times bigger than this one, and so on and so forth, right? And then we just extrapolate the numbers. But what we don't take into account is that one feature will be built on top of each other. There, there will be something that is reused, some test suite that is already in there, some pipeline that is already in there, something that can be and, reused. And actually the opposite also true, that you know, the larger the system, the next feature would be more difficult to add. 
depend on how you design and how they overlap that is true as usually, well usually usually is the case right and, yeah. and, and there is the variance of number of people changing as well as you mentioned as well mesh so for example as so i think that re-estimating every month or so at the high level so okay now that we already because one one feature like feature a feature b is three times more complex than a but if a is done and b can be built on top Complexity-wise, B is still three times more complex than, than A. But when we get to implement B, once A is already implemented, it might not take three times more. Okay. It might I, take just a time and a half. I, I understand that. However, there, there's, uh, there's a few things here. One is, normally, the shape that the speed at which things you know go through the project, let's say the the... Um, let's call it burn down rate or you know completion and so on. It follows like an S uh, curve, right? Like at the beginning you're slower because you're you know still learning about the system. Then suddenly you catch speed and then at some point it starts again uh, slowing down. Okay, that is in general that's sort of like the shape that that these things uh, take. Now when you uh, when you're doing that and reestimating things. Uh, you're kind of changing the scale as you're as you're doing the project. So this is why I'm not uh, in favor of doing something like that. I'm okay with estimating the new stuff that comes up with the new knowledge and therefore giving it a size that is appropriate uh, for it. Now, if I have to add a new feature and now I know that this part is already in place, yeah, I, I'm not going to estimate it at the same size as if nothing was built, right? So I will most likely that will have a smaller side so anything that is coming in new you're using that knowledge to to you know put it put a size to it because you know more about the project the rest of the things you're keeping the same and you're keeping the same for for a couple of reasons one is that at any point you want to move things in the backlog right like you want to be able to change the order in which you build things so if you suddenly say that something is a is a one right and then it needs to move and it turns out that you consider that you would have xyz built before but it's no longer the case then you know it's no longer a one it's now a five or or whatever other size so this is this is part of the other thing you want to be have that flexibility therefore i don't really care that much about that i care about what speed we're burning that thing down because if one day you know we we burn down 10 stories 10 points whatever metric you're, you're using and then the next day we do 20 that's great uh, at some point i'm going to trace a line no and i'm going to say oh we're we're on time right like we're going to finish when we want to finish and so on so it's not really that important the size of those things as long as you're controlling uh, both the ratio at which you're burning down and the ratio at which you're adding to the backlog which is another thing like there's another curve because you, you if you continue adding stuff no, because you find new information or, or but, new but, but if you don't reestimate the, the things that were there, how would you know? Because like again, like something that you have like what you've done at the beginning of the project, uh two months in, some of those things now, because we already this is why we, we are separating the, the, the complexity for, from time. We have two pass estimates. 
It will no, just so... go faster. It will just go faster. Instead, let's say you estimated something. But then we 10, need to know. And then, but then we need to know. But, the, because... but you know, you know, because suddenly no, you, you, you finished. You're you're you picking up, and instead of doing two three points, you're doing 10, 15. And when you do that but calculation again, it's going to tell you that it's that it's. Jose, but well, you you know, every time you you reestimate, you could you can estimate the whole thing. I mean, that would you know. I I understand the problem you you you're presenting, which is that. You know, you go 20% through your backlog, you estimated the whole backlog, uh, and you you were estimating it in a particular sequence, so you're making it all independent of each other, right? And But if you're making it from the very start, if you're making it all independent of each other, then you don't have a problem. You, you know, you can re-estimate things because they are independent of each other. If if you, you as Sandra was saying, maybe you're looking at, uh, the backlog and you think, okay, if this is done, then this will be smaller and so on. From the start, you kind of weighting things according to the order. Then of course you need to, then the next time you come to estimate, you can't just move one story to the next. There is a time dependency between them. If you had done the original estimates that way, and that's then yes, in that case, you need to estimate the whole backlog again. But I think estimating the whole backlog or at least your next horizon where it, it up to where it matters estimating it holistically is actually a good thing because that's what i was talking about the problem yeah, analysis going down and, and yes, yeah looking at the whole thing again looking at the things but also using your prior knowledge also understanding how the current the state of the system the yeah, current exactly, state of the system where we but, are now and not where we were uh, a few months before this is this but, is what I'm saying. But we're something... we're talking about different uh, about different things here because uh, what I'm referring to in this case is let's say um, we have a closed budget uh, project, right? They, there's a set of features that we need to do, yeah, and based on that we gave a budget, yeah, and now we're working towards uh, a certain date for instance for completion and then you can start working with uh, the backlog for instance and, and negotiating the the features or, or the scope right now uh, again i'm not can you do it yes you can do it you can every time that you that you get new knowledge you can reestimate thing is it effective from my point of view not really but, but okay you so, can so... have you so why do you say that it's not a fact? Is it about time? Because, for example, if you say that it's going to take... About the dedication, it's no. about the effort put into re-estimating something said, that was already done, for instance, that that's no. waste. That's not no, no, really no, something that no, I want no, to be doing. No, no. No one is going to re-estimate what has been done. What has been done is done. It's just what is left to be done. Right? And what if I said that we can do that in an hour and a half once a month? And everything that we estimate is in sprint units, half sprints, two sprints, one sprint. So and you you're review like estimating a new thing and reviewing your existing estimates on something you analyze already. They're two exactly. different things. And it, the only thing that we are it, doing is recalibrating that because like when you did that like three months ago, not only your knowledge was less, but the system was in a different state. Now the system has progressed. More infrastructures in there. That feature can be much easier or even harder, depending on the ramifications. But, but if we are thing. able uh, to quickly, because like the, the argument will uh, be removed if we can do that quickly, because I would agree with you. If the, the estimate takes two days to be done, 
then I would be a bit worried for the whole team. But what if, again, when would take that amount of time? When you have the law of diminishing return and we are going to try to go to user story level and, and low level points and hours. But if you're talking about high level epics, just to see like for the next six months that we have ahead or five months or three months that we have ahead, we are just taking the core features and we estimate at that level, mm -hmm. then I cannot see the why, why would we not do that? See what I'm saying? Because the order also, like then you can recalibrate, given the current state of the system, the current knowledge of the people, given what are the core features that we want to talk in the next three months, we can be met very smart in terms of the order as well, mm -hmm. right? But then we re-estimate every time that we make some significant progress. And I think that a month is, is a is a but good you're amount still of using time. The same scale, right? You're still using the same scale because this is the, the scale this is we the always part get. I normally like for again because those kind of estimates are for planning, right? So they're not about hours or days and stuff. This is not about points on a sprint. I couldn't care less. This is about business planning. What can we get done for the next three months because of the budget or because of a date or 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 whatever? And that is at that level, and that is a core feature because even some of those epics can also be dehydrated, or we can trim the fat of them as well, right? Yeah, so this is why I prefer the again. Then you're working with the scope to to meet the at the high level, of course. Like that. for me, as soon yeah, okay, as you go okay. low then, level, then as soon as you point. go low level, there is a law of diminishing return. Then then that estimation is pointless. Mm -hmm. If I'm gonna go two hours, no, right, no, right. right? Yeah, there is there's a more empirical. Sorry, go for it. Go for it. No, there's a more empirical uh, uh, way of doing thing, uh, doing this thing, which is, um, you know, the way that uh, that Kanban, no, or people using Kanban use it using uh, cycle time and so on, and based on that, you know, have, you know, uh, your burn rate, no, on on each of these things. And that's a bit more empirical in that sense. You already you're using again. This is is part of what I was uh, referring to before because you what you are doing is you're tracking those, and you're using those to forecast. Where but you're, you know when, this is a whole finish. this is a whole new conversation. And as usual, you just put it up at right at the last minute. But like I, I usually uh, yeah because actually yeah like like you usually do but actually the, even with the, the kanban style um in kanban mm -hmm. the important thing is to reduce blockers not to make lead times predictable and to reduce the waste in making lead time predictable basically means that yours the the, the items coming in the stories coming in are of similar size right they, and often people go for making lead times predictable at the uh, uh, when when actually it's not related to the waste in your system. So I think in in lean lean kind of ways, making lead time predictable, although everyone tries to do it, is not the the, the best thing because actually that is totally dependent on not the amount of waste and queues that sit in your system. It's it's actually dependent on on the size of your your item, and if yes, if you can make the size of your item uh, roughly the same, roughly size, the then... same, 
then you can but that actually just shifts the problem of estimation down that way you know because how do you make the size of your items the same and if that if you you know then it's not if you can make the size of your your stories in your backlog exactly or very similar then of course that's also helps with when you're not leaving but, the, right? but then you're and i i completely agree but you're leave you're leaving out a couple of other things like classes of service and that kind of stuff which in in kanban in particular you you can have you don't treat all work the same mm-hmm. yeah and that is also part of uh, of the thing but i i agree with you like the the whole point of that the the way that that, that 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 works is that you have a histogram then on of all the lead times you usually have a, a distribution with a really long tail for things that are you know outside of and then you can use you know where most of the things are to give you you know the percentage of certainty based on, on what you have no for that class of of service or or that type of work that you're, that you're mm-hmm. using right so you can uh, to some extent do that for things of different sizes. The, the, but then you can right? do the so, same. So right? stories of five, no, stories of well. five have this distribution. Stories of uh, have this distribution. So I know how roughly where those stories would, and you can do that analysis per size of thing, and then use the and then yeah, use you Monte Carlo for instance to to have the whole thing, uh, you know, um, simulated. No, to to some extent, do do the uh, based on those values just generate the 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 most likely distribution for that yeah right yeah. so uh, i think what we will need we will need a part two because there are so <laughs> much stuff that we, we didn't get to know estimates oh both well more we, or less we kind yeah. of and, and i also deeper. wanted to talk about because you did talk about you know relative sizing but also you know uh the the kind of three-point story estimate which is based on uh, effort right uh and it's not relative but it has pros and cons of its own. So there's stuff that we haven't yeah. discussed that we exactly. And I wanted to explore more about uh, the as the system evolves as well. So those original sizes they also have different meanings as well. And because again, if you're just talking about complexity or uh, complex like complex in t- time, we were dividing the the, the two. We were having a two pass estimate. One in complexity to compare relative size, and the other one is the actual time. And as the system moves, those things change as well. And, and, we and also, the role of assumptions and uh, uh, logging assumptions against your estimates. Exactly. Yeah, so so yeah, that is well. there how to deal with uncertainty, maybe even more details. Uh, so also why developers don't. So what is the problem when we give those uh, numbers as well? Why, why developers don't want to give those numbers? What are the problems? Because one thing we are trying to be we are trying to help the business, right? So, hey, we want your plan, we will help you. But there is a problem with that as well, right? So, as we all know. So, so I think we will need, uh, I believe, a part two uh, for, 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 for this one. Because that is true. And we will come things. prepared. We will come a little bit more prepared. With slides. <laughs> but but even, even like giving more details about those different types of uh, planning or even like, for example, you mentioned Monte Carlo. Not everyone might be familiar with how Monte Carlo works and things like that. Maybe pr- uh, provide more more details. But I think that we should wrap up any final uh, words, but not a question, Jose, not a new topic, just final words before we wrap up. <laughs> no, I think for, for uh, on my side, uh, on, on this topic, there's a lot of good books. Um, 
I like uh, Mike Kahn's uh, book on agile estimation and planning and things mm. called or agile. Yeah, it's quite like a that. notebook, isn't it? Like, yeah, it is. It yeah. is uh, but very, uh, you know, I, yeah, very good. And uh, there's also, I think, some talks uh, or workshops that he, that he's run online, so you can actually see how he teaches the material and, and all that stuff. And then there's another book which I recommend a lot if you're more on the Kanban side of things and you know, no one estimates and that kind of stuff, because you still need to answer certain questions. Uh, which is Daniel Baganti's book, uh, Agile, Actionable Agile Metrics, I think it's called, uh, which is also a good book to, to look at. Uh, and it goes into some of the things that we discuss here at the, at the end. So, yeah, very much uh, recommended those two. I think oh, cool. it covers quite well estimation and planning on the Agile side of things. Cool. Mesh? Um, I, well, actually, I haven't read the uh, actionable agile metrics, so thank you for the book recommendation. Um, yeah, you know, I, I think est uh, estimates is a, an extremely important tool, and I, I personally think that you know, it's regardless of what we feel about estimates, we should understand the theory, the rationale, and the techniques behind them. Right, um, that's my kind of take out of here as well is that you know we need to know a lot more about estimates and they exist whether we like them or not and it's important that we do them right and we have the right relationship with them yeah so and from my side uh, i'm uh, a bit more aligned uh, to what you said mesh i'll go a little bit further uh, and i'll play the professionalism card right so i think that anyone providing a service uh, should, as a professional, also mitigate the, the needs of your client. Being a, it, it doesn't matter if you're a permanent employee, if you're a contractor, a consultant, it doesn't matter. You, as a software developer, you are providing a service, and the people paying for the service, they need, they have needs. And those needs are def directly related to the, the things that you produce. So you need to help them to satisfy those needs. Of course, we all understand all the caveats or the, 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 the dangers of providing estimates and how they might be interpreted and the challenges in providing uh, good estimates. But I think that the, the fact of you providing a service, you should provide an idea of how long uh, it's going to take for you to do your job given all the caveats that we already discussed. But I think that I'm on the camp, I, I don't like the idea of no estimate or screw the client. I, I think that as a provider, I would work with my client to make, make sure that whatever I produce is within the expectations that they have. So, right, I'm gonna uh, finish with that one. So if you're new to this channel or if you like this chat, please remember to subscribe to the channel so then you are notified when we have uh, a new video and also <laughs> yeah exactly and if you like this video just put the, th the thumbs up in there and leave in the comments if there are any other uh, topics that you would like us to discuss agree right. disagree yeah uh, exactly so leave your comments <laughs> like yeah it, it would be great to know what you know what what you think about estimates and the experiences that you had as well mm. so it we might uh take those those ideas to the next uh let's say maybe part two of this one okay thank you very much everyone see you next time thank you
Bye-bye.